Well, happy Pumpkin Day, Restoration Church. Glad to have you here. I want to point out something that is, that is um, I don't know, it, it seems too, too amazing to be coincidence. Last week, we finished up the series, Haunted House, and if you were here, you know that we talked uh, on the subject, my in-laws are haunting me. And uh, we just talked about how do, we as, how do we as individuals, how do we as people who follow Jesus, how do we interact with our in-laws? And then if you're an in-law and you follow Jesus, how should you, should, how should you act? We talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, that series was planted out almost a year ago. Um, and that Sunday for that week was, was scheduled, um, you know, probably 11 months before. Well, we preached the service, I get home, it's 10 o'clock at night, last Sunday night, and I realize that last Sunday was National Mother-in-Law Day. What is the chances of that? Had I known that, uh, that would have been good to know because we could have, um, we could have done something, I don't know what we could have done, but, but anyway, we could have done something. But uh, anyway, just one of those weird, random things. Uh, and then, wouldn't you know it, today is Pumpkin Day, and that's right the time when people have pumpkins out. How did that happen? I'm just kidding. Uh, today, we're starting a series of leftovers that will be in the next four weeks. Obviously, um, we've mentioned that next Sunday is Miracle Offering, and um, the, that is the Sunday you don't want to miss, all right? So pumpkin spice lattes are today, which is fun. But next week is a week where, man, to, just together, we're reaching just one more. Together, we're doing something that's beyond what we could ever have thought possible. Where Anyway, I'll talk about that in a second. But one of the things that's happening in just a few short months is we are going to be opening another location in Milton, New Hampshire. So you've, we've, yeah, this is very exciting. Um, you've, heard us, uh, you've heard us talk about this because... Um, uh, earlier in the year, we, we um, had received the property, and uh, so it's been under construction. There's still some construction going on, but we're now moving into that time where we're going to start um, building the team for that location, where we're going to be asking those of you who are in Dover, um, I know some of you are here, you're, you're ready, um, and you're going to be making a commitment to be part of the all-in team to help launch that location, and so there's some things coming up. First, um, on November 17th, those of you who are interested in the Milton location, after the second service in Dover, um, we're going to have our first informational meeting about that. If you have any interest about maybe going and be a part of that location, that meeting is going to happen then. But also, um, as we've been going through this process, uh, we've, um, we've been working through who is going to be the location pastor there? So we've had, um, we've had interviews and conversations and processes. We've gone through, really, we've gone through every, um, every possible scenario, wanted to figure out what would be best. I, you know, my 10-year-old put in his resume and, uh, <laughs> and was asking to, to have the opportunity to do that. Um, but as we've gone through this process, we've, we've, come, we've come to, the, to a decision. And so we have um, uh, made the decision on who's going to be the Milton location pastor. So actually wanted to just take a second in our service and tell you 
So could you please put your hands together at both locations and welcome to the stage someone you may know, but Pastor Andrew and his wife, Lulu. We just come closer so we know everybody's on the video. Um, uh, Pastor Andrew and his wife have been here, part of Restoration Church for a couple of years. And, um, and so they're excited about it. I'm excited about this. And so now that this decision's made, they're going to be now leading this process, leading this charge toward launch and then leading that location after launch. So th this is not goodbye because... Though it'll feel it because they're both, or at least Andrew's in Plymouth next week, so you guys can, in Plymouth, make sure you're uh, congratulating him and welcoming him next week. But, uh, but they're here for a number of months until we're closer to launch. So November 17th, that's the, that's the, the Sunday after second service, we have our first informational meeting, and then our first public meeting in the town of Milton is going to be in December. So... Um, big things happening, big things you want to be praying about, big things we're believing for, and uh, so that's a big, exciting announcement. So anyway, welcome them as they now exit the stage. All right, today ends, we start our series, Leftovers, the question that, um, you, you know, the question we could think, if you went to someone's house and you were a guest of honor, or, you know, you just were invited over, you'd be pretty surprised and shocked if, um, when you got there, they pulled out a bunch of Tupperware containers from the fridge and said, uh, uh, help yourself. Um, the plates are in the cabinet, uh, the microwave's over there, um, we've had a lot of great dinners this week, um, you know, and so I don't recommend that one, because we don't, we didn't date it, we don't actually remember when we ate that, but... <laughs> You'd be like a little shocked. Like, um, you know, the question that we're thinking about today is what does God deserve? What does he deserve from us? And, um, you know, the questions, maybe we don't think about it that way very often. We, if we think about our relationship with God, we think, you know, I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's forgiveness. And we tend to focus it from, you, you know, that the things that God has to give us, we don't want to receive it, or maybe we feel unworthy, or maybe we're just overwhelmed at His grace and His goodness. In our life, though, we most often think about what we deserve. We'll th say things like, I deserve better. I've been offered um, a job, I deserve better. I'm in a bad relationship. I deserve better. And we live with an expectation of what we as individuals deserve. And it's not very often where we think about what God deserves. It's not even very often where we think about what other people deserve, unless it's revenge or a beating. <laughs> Another way that we can communicate I deserve better, sometimes saying I didn't deserve this, when something negative happens to us, we, we, just, we just come at it from that angle. I am worth more than this. I deserve more than this. I shouldn't be treated like this. 
the question, though, that I want to ask is not what do I deserve? The question to ask this morning to think about is what does God deserve? Does God deserve our leftover samples of spam? Is that the highest um, thing that we could ever offer God? Hey, we've fed ourselves. Some of us regretted it. <laughs> we've fed ourselves. And now this leftover, that's what's for you. Sometimes when we're thinking about God, our response and our action is just to give him the things we don't need anymore or the things we don't want anymore. But is that really what God deserves? Uh, earlier this week, so at the Dover location, at the Milton location, there's a, a, a shed where people can drop off clothing. And as I pulled into the parking lot one day, people were unloading a mattress and, and, and bed frame. And so I whipped around the parking lot. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, we can't take those, only clothes. Like, this is not, we're not just going to pile up mattresses everywhere. And, um, and so they're like, are you sure it's brand new? I'm like, if it's brand new, why are you getting rid of it? Like, <laughs> it was brand new. Why is there that dark yellow stain in the middle? And, um, and, uh, and so I'm like, no, no, we can't take it. And, and they try to convince me, like, come on, it's brand new. It's brand new frame. You could stick it in another part of the building. I'm like, we can't take it. Clothes only. And uh, so like, all right, sure, we'll take care of it. And I just was like, you know what, <laughs> something fishy. I, I'm not going to have to deal with this. So as I, I slowly pulled away and took a picture of the license plate, and the lady yelled at me, like, come on, you didn't have to do that. I'm like, well, I just guaranteed that mattress is leaving with you. <laughs> and, um, you know, we think about, um, and this is, this is, I don't know if this is true for every, um, for every church in the United States, but certainly it was um, it, it happens, um, it, not so much here anymore, but definitely 15 years ago, it happened all the time, where we'd show up at church um, in the morning, in the middle of the week, and there'd be like old TVs and just junk piled up in front of the door, and we're like, what is this? And someone was making a great donation to God of all their old junk that they didn't want to have to drive to Salvation Army because they knew they wouldn't take it. Okay, great, thanks. And, um, and, and one thing that would always happen, you know, as, um, you know, Andrew is led U-turn, and I remember when I used to let, lead U-turn forever ago, is people would call and say, hey, can you use a couch? And, and I learned this trick, send me a picture. And they would then send you a picture of something that their cat was using as a, as a scratcher for the last 15 years. And, um, and, and, and what they would do is, I've got some garbage, maybe God would like it. And uh, if the church will take care of my garbage, I won't have to pay for a sticker to put it on the side of the road, and I'll have plenty of room to put my brand new couch. That would be great. So church, please take our garbage. God, please accept this junk. And um, there's a real shift that should happen in our mind when we think about what God deserves. I remember when I was 18 years old and I was doing an internship at a church in Vermont, and the, and the youth pastor told me this story. He said, um, 
he was out to eat, or his friend was out to eat, it was a long time ago, um, but he, he was out to eat, and um, on his plate, you know, it was one of those place, places where they give you their own pickles, and he didn't like them, so he gave them to the person he was with, and the person said, thank you so much for giving me your pickle, and he was like, I, I don't like pickles, you don't have to thank me. I didn't give you anything that was any value of me, you don't have to thank me for that. And it's connected to this idea as well, all right? When we're thinking about what does God deserve, when we're offering God something, we're saying, hey, God, I'm giving you this. These are things that cost us. These are things that are valuable to us. To just get rid of junk, to just give them our leftovers, does not communicate the value and the praise and the love that we have for him. Now, I want to read you a passage of scripture. If you have a Bible, open up to John chapter 12. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you one for free. And so when you, when you exit whatever auditorium you're in, um, go to the Welcome Center, and we'll have a copy of the Bible there that we'd love to give you for free. Um, and uh, so just make sure, if you don't own a Bible, leave with one today. Don't just leave with a latte hangover. Leave with the Bible as well. (laughs) The passage of scripture we're about to read, we're going to start reading at John chapter 12, verse 1. But this is just after a famous, really, uh, um, uh, it's famous to us now, but this famous event in scripture happened. And at the time it happened, um, it was quite a buzz going on in the community. And there was a guy named Lazarus who died. He had been buried, stuck in a tomb. Four days later, Jesus travels into town and calls Lazarus out from that tomb. And he came out with his grave claws still on and continued to live. People's minds were blown, as would ours. And um, so what we begin to read in John chapter 12 is now they're throwing a party for Jesus. And that's what we're about to read. So John chapter 12, verse number one, it says, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus's honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. And she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. And then John remarks, not that Judas actually cared for the poor. He was a thief And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied in verse number seven, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man who Jesus had raised from the dead. 
Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. A couple of things I want to point out in this scripture is some of the things that we see that Jesus deserves. And some of the things really that we should see is that it's an honor to give to him. And, um, and sometimes we don't see these things as valuable, but hopefully you'll see the value as we walk through this. All right, the first thing here we see in the scripture, what does Jesus deserve? He deserves our gathering. They were celebrating Lazarus being raised from the dead and I love that in the scripture, made it point out that he was there, he was one of the people there eating with Jesus. It definitely it wasn't a ghost, he wasn't a zombie, um, he was there, he was alive, um, and it was life as normal for him, except for his 15 minutes of fame. You know, one of the things that we do at our Sunday gatherings every week, during our Sunday services, the reason that we sing, the reason we laugh, the reason, um, uh, you know, we come back week after week, year after year, decade after decade, is because we're gathering in honor of Jesus and we're celebrating that about ourselves. We were once dead. We were dead in our sin. We were dead in our spirituality. We were dead in our lives. But he called us out of that. He changed our life. He transformed our life. He changed our heart. He forgave our sins. He, he, he brought us into a brand new life. Everything was, everything was different for, for Lazarus on that side of the tomb. Everything's different for us now on this side of salvation. That there was a moment we met him and he changed our life. So we gather every week as a church. There's a bunch of people who've decided to follow Jesus. You know what? He loves that. And it's for him. It's for his honor. It's not about ourselves. You don't show up at this gathering in John chapter 12 and be like, oh, come on. You know, they're serving this. I don't like this kind of food. I don't like the music they're playing here at this party. Oh, these seats are uncomfortable. I wish I was sitting over there. You wouldn't complain in that type of party because it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Here is Jesus, Son of God, who's bringing dead people back to life. All my preferences are laid to the side. It is about him, and it's for him, and uh, I'm here to celebrate him. Same thing on a Sunday morning. It is about him. And everything we do in our church, from, from pumpkin spice lattes to, uh, to circles that meet throughout the week to taking miracle offerings, it is about him. The name above every other name, it's not about Pastor Nate or Restoration Church. Those names are well beneath his name. It's about him. So our gatherings do that. Not only are we celebrating what he's done in our life, but like Mary and Martha and all those other people who were there, we're celebrating what Jesus has done for our friends. Think about this. Mary and Martha, their brother was dead. But now here he was at dinner with them again. We think about our friends, the, the, those who've, whose lives have been changed by Jesus, the gyms 
the Colbys, the Sarahs, the Big Peeps, the Kendalls, the Haley's, the Scotts, the Tristans, the Joshes, the Elizabeths, the Johns. We think about our friends who have had their lives changed by Jesus at our church, and we gather to throw a party for Jesus every week to say, we couldn't have done this. We couldn't have done this. Where would we be without you? What would our lives look like without you? Where would our friends be without you? So we get together, and we, and we, and we party, and we have fun. Now, the second thing we see in this scripture is that um, he deserves our praise. They, you know, you think about it's a party in honor of Jesus. So you've got to imagine there's people standing up and say, hey, I'd like to give a few words about Jesus. And, and, and uh, you know, I remember um, when I was dead, and now I remember being alive. And uh, so three cheers for Jesus, and, and you're just going to honor his name. And people come up and be like, man, Jesus, it's so nice to meet you. Um, so the son of God, huh? Wow, I can't believe you're shaking my hand. And, and it's going to be that, that, you know, like, hey, there he is over there. Hey, he's arrived. And just everybody lifting up his name. Everybody lifting up his name. So we do that as a church. In the songs that we sing, in the prayers that we pray, in the smiles on our face, in the way we live our life. When people say, um, what happened to you? How'd your life change? We don't, we, you know, I must have had a really amazing tomb. You know, um, it must have been those essential oils. No, no, it was Jesus. Jesus did this. And we're never people who are afraid because he deserves it. If he's done a miracle in your life, you're not going to take the credit for it. If he's done a miracle in your life, why would you be embarrassed to tell people who did the miracle in your life? He deserves that. The one thing scripture says is, he deserves our highest praise. Some people, you know, they never give compliments. Maybe your spouse is like that. They never give compliments. And so when you come downstairs and they say, that looks nice, and you're like, oh, really? That's what my wife did to me this week. Really? <laughs> That's quite a compliment coming from you. And, um, and then I realized I should probably give more compliments. But we, you know... There's some people, anyway, so we give our highest praise to God, not to um, Muhammad Sanu or to, um, or to Jose Altuve or to Kanye West or to Pastor Nate or to the Hormel Meat Factory. We give our highest <laughs> praise to Jesus. The next thing we see in the scripture, what does God deserve? Uh, he deserves our service, our actions. It says in here that Martha served, and people like to, like in, in church world, people like to dog on Martha, like, ah, you know, Martha, Martha, Martha won't spend time with Jesus. She's uptight. She's wound up, but uh, she's not being, uh, here in this story, there's nothing disparaging said about her. She's, there's a party, and she's serving. She's using her gifts for the glory of God. She's using her gifts for Jesus. Where in a previous story about her, she was using her gifts because she was worried about herself. 
I want Jesus to think highly of me, so I got to do all these things. Well, here she's just serving the guest of honor. And it says that, that Mary, this is not the mother of Jesus, this is Mary, the sister of Martha. She, she takes this jar of perfume, which I'll talk about in a second, but the, what she's doing here is she's, she's washing his feet. She's anointing, she's, Jesus is equating it, he, she, she's preparing me for burial. We don't know if that was her intent or if she even understand what would soon be happening to Jesus. But what we know is um, she was serving him. You're gone. How can I show you? She began to wash his feet in a similar way that Jesus would, in just, you know, just a short time later, wash the feet of his disciples. We are people who... Um, you know, we don't, just, uh, we don't just show up to get something from God. Hey, they're having a party for Jesus. You know, maybe, maybe I could get something to eat for free. You know, when we come, we're saying, hey, is there anything you need? Is there anything you'd like? Is there anything I can do to help? And then when he tells us, sit down, relax, let me bless you, we let him do that. But we don't show up with that posture. We show up saying, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do for you? The last thing we see in the scripture, what does Jesus deserve? Well, he deserves our everything. Everything. This little um, jar of, of nard, the essence of nard, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't sound very beautiful in our language, but it's very valuable. It was uh, imported, which was, um, which was definitely made the cost very expensive, and it was very rare. Judas pointed out the value of it, and he said, that's worth a year's wages. It was very, very expensive. What did she do in this? She didn't, she, you know, she didn't tip it upside down and take just a little drop and then anoint Jesus with it. She poured it all out. She didn't keep any for herself. She didn't think about, you know, its resale value or what a waste it would be. She has an opportunity to anoint Jesus, to bless Jesus. She gives him everything. It was all poured out. In our life, we think about what is it that you know, what's our everything to him? What's our everything? It's our life, our heart, our sins, our bad stuff, our good stuff. It's our Sunday mornings, but it's also our Monday through Saturdays. Just our entire life is for him and is given to him. We're not just, um, we're, we, you know, we're not just people who believe in Jesus but we're people who follow Jesus. If there's anything I can do for you, I'll do it. If there's anything I can give to you, I'll give it. If there's anything I can sing for you, I'll sing it. Everything, anything you want, Jesus, it's yours.
this definitely, as you look at your life and you think, what are the things I'm holding back from Jesus? You know, the greatest thing you can give to him is your life. Next week we have, um, next week we have a miracle offering. And at the end of the service, we're all going to, uh, at every location, we're going to walk forward with our gift and place it in the offering baskets and, um, and you know, believing that we're going to be able to fully fund this project in Africa at the orphanage. We're believing next Sunday that um, we reach $15,000 in that single offering to fund that project. Next week, and that's every single one of us participating in that, praying this week, talking to our spouse this week. You know, God, what do you want us to give? Talking, what do you think God wants us to give? And, and kind of working through, I was thinking this, I was thinking this, and talking through that with your spouse. We have that gift next week, but you know, that's not, that's not what he wants. That's just part of us saying, hey, I honor you, I follow you. I want to be a part of what you're doing. We know this, that raising, that drilling this well is um, something that we're doing in his, in his name for his honor. It's something he receives for himself. Matthew 10, 42 says, if you give even a cup of water to, uh, to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So there's a promise as we, as we give to the well next week and we're giving it on behalf of Jesus we're giving it to Jesus it's something that he receives as a gift to himself but that's not the greatest thing we could ever give the greatest thing we can give to him is our life moving from believing that he's real to making him lord of your life I don't just believe in you I follow you. If you close your eyes, I want to just take a moment to pray and remind you this. Maybe you're not familiar with this, but God sent Jesus to die on a cross. Christmas is coming. People are getting antsy to put up their trees. But we're remembering Christmas is the beginning of the story. He came to die. When he died on that cross, it was to pay for our sins. There was a punishment for us, and Jesus said, I'll, I'll, do the, I'll take care of the punishment. And when, in all of that was God's plan to buy us back from death, to buy us back from hell. When we say, God, I give you my life, we're saying, I'm not just going to believe, I'm going to follow. You've bought me through the cross. You've bought me through the redemption of the cross. You've bought me back. You've saved my life. I'm giving you mine. Jesus, I pray for every single person in here. There are those who believed in you for many years but they've never followed you and right now as they hear this if they're wrestling with that what does that mean to follow what does that mean to follow and they're just feeling something tugging at their heart right now we just recognize that, that it's you calling them 
calling them out of the tomb, calling them into a new life. And all they have to do is to say a simple prayer. God, there, there are those in this room who've never known about you. They've never believed in you. They've, never, they've always dismissed you. But today, something in their life is just screaming inside their head, this is what you need. And we know and we recognize, God, that it's you, again, calling them out of that tomb. And I pray for every person in this room, if they're making a decision to follow you, God, it just is a simple thing to ask you to forgive them, to believe that you're God's son, and to declare that, you, that, they're, that they're yours, that they're going to follow you. Just asking for forgiveness, believing that you're God's son, and giving their life to you, everything in their life changes. We thank you for every single person today who's making that decision. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.